What's up, guys? Welcome back to our podcast, Floor Talk, where we talk about anything, whenever, wherever, and most likely on the floor. I'm Sadie. And I'm Caitlin. And we're about to get chatty, and we're going to talk about all sorts of things. And we're about to start our series over dating and culture. We have some awesome conversations planned for you. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Welcome back to our podcast. Today, it's a little gloomy, but it's kind of humid, so I'm kind of confused. I don't know about (laughs) everyone else, but you know, to me, it feels like summertime, so I'm okay with it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, summertime, here we go. It's warm. (laughs) Here for it. Today, like Caitlin said, it's a little gloomy, but we're super stoked and excited to have Lisa Douglas here with us to have a conversation on dating culture. Um, Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Lisa Douglas, and I'm a small business owner of Rise and Grind Coffee Co. I should have brought you guys a smoothie bowl. Yeah, next time. Next Next time. time. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell us where you grew up. Tell us what you're about. Favorite color? color? Yeah, anything. Stripes. Stripes. Stripes are my favorite color. She's spicy. So, a little bit about Lisa that I'll say is that she is a character. We have a character in the building today. Lisa is full of passion and energy. Um, we see that through ministry. Caitlin's worked with Lisa through ministry, and we see that through her small business. So tell us a little bit about what you're about, where you grew up, um, how you're here today. Um, my younger days, I grew up in Little Rock, and then my parents moved me to Searcy Town, USA mm-hmm. at the end of junior high. Um, it was a little bit of a culture shock for me, extreme yeah. culture shock for me. And um, then I graduated from Searcy and left the day after graduation and then came back uh, a little bit later um, and met my husband. And then, um, you know, it's nice to raise a family in a small town where everybody knows your business. That way you can keep a good eye on your kids while they're dating. While they're dating. And you know what? You just can't stay away from No Mercy Searcy. There's No Mercy Searcy. You just can't stay away from it. You just can't. Yeah, talking about dating. Also, you dropped that special word of ours. Right, that special (laughs) word that we want to expand on today. Tell us a little bit about what you think about the culture of dating. I am so glad we did not have social media when I was dating. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I could not imagine just walking through it with my kids, too. Because just because something appears on social media a certain way... Mm -hmm. You know, or it looks like these two are dating, or it looks like he's dating, but, oh, look, here's a picture with him on her Instagram, or, you know, oh, look who's in the back of that Snapchat that they didn't realize they were in, you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. So I'm so glad that, like, we didn't have all that. I mean, we didn't even have cell phones. Mm. We had the old landline. (laughs) That always blows my mind to hear stories. I'm like... I talked to my parents. But how did you guys hang out? Like, where? How did you and mom hang out? Was like, we well? like legit had to hang out. We didn't yeah. sit at a table and text back and forth to each other and not make Ooh. eye contact. Right. We like legit had said, to hang out. You said at school, meet me at the mall. Yeah. And y'all just trusted each not other to show up. Thirsty. I can't even go on a blind date. <laughs> Maybe at Berry Hill Park. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. 
Actually, we used to cruise Ray Street. So okay. from the Court Square to where the the Sonic is on Race, that mm-hmm. used to be Wendy's parking lot. And we and it would be bumper to bumper and everybody would come from uh, towns far away. No way. Yes. Okay. And and we would park in parking lots and have big groups of people and hang out. That was that was a cool dating scene. I said that's know? where you scoped out the cuties? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And it was bumper to bumper. So like you could even see a hottie in the car going the opposite direction and have a conversation until oh. the light changed. Yeah. No. So, yeah. It was wow, fun. Wow, that is so fun. Your first date in a car. In uh, a car. <laughs> first date in separate cars at a stoplight. <laughs> yes. Chatting, saying, you're cute, I'm cute, meet you here tomorrow. Yeah. Meet me at Wendy's meet tomorrow Wendy's. night at 845. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's Wendy's. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How, did you do that? No, I oh. never did that. <laughs> Good, Lisa. We're really happy that, that you didn't have to do that. Okay, so when did you meet your husband? Um, in 1991. Okay, so where were you? What stage of life were you in? Um, ooh, that party life. That party yes. life. Stage of life. Yes, gotcha. yes. And my parents recently had just gotten divorced. Okay. So it was a rough time, and then out of nowhere, there he appeared. Yeah, I met okay. him at a party. Okay. And then the next weekend, we were cruising Race Street. Mm-hmm. And yes, <laughs> and I ran into him again. And I was like, oh, it's fate. It's <laughs> meant to be. It's meant to be. And then um, I worked at Mazio's, and he came in one night. And I'm like, oh, here you are one more time. So, you know, no social media, no right. cell phones. That's just kind of how we had to do it back then. Yeah. Felt more organic. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's what way. I was going to ask. I think our culture of dating, if I may, Caitlin, our culture of dating is that we see someone and we really think about the next time we're going to see them. It's yeah. like, when will I run into that person? When oh, will wow. I see them? And it, there's a lot of stress and yes. overwhelming sense that comes into that. Did you feel that with... Oh, yeah. I think that doesn't change. Okay. Yeah. You don't just you know, run home and add him on Instagram like right, you guys right. do. But, DM him. Yeah. But you do think yeah. and you're curious about when you're going to see him next. Yes. Okay. Oh, definitely. Especially because we didn't have the outlets or the resources yeah, to, quote, air quote, run into one another. Okay. Yeah, you know. So you mentioned how your parents were recently divorced, right, when you met your now husband. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Of Do you think that was... Maybe God like putting him in your life for a time, or do you think that was more of no, definitely you searching for security. No, it was, um, and of course we didn't know it now because our testimony is completely, our walk now is different, which created our testimony. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we didn't get married until ninety six, and then there was six and a half, seven months that um, we broke up or you know at, during that time and um he had a bad car wreck we'd just been dating long enough to know on oh my word he's the one kind of mm-hmm. and he had a bad car wreck and had a colostomy bag was in mm-hmm. ICU and was at UAMS for two two and a half months wow. and so that did a number on him and so we kind of broke up and mm-hmm. I kept trying to date people that I thought might be like him mm-hmm. or you know you know, just trying to fill that, and it just never worked. And um, I was playing at a co-ed softball tournament in Northwest Arkansas, 
and he was in Northwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. and we ran into each other, and we've been together since. No way. No way. That is so interesting. Yeah. Will you dive in a little bit deeper? You said you were trying to find someone to fill that spot, that role. What was that like? It was rough. He's the one that kind of broke it off because, I mean, he went from 170 pounds to 120 and, you know, colostomy bag. And there's a lot of, there was a lot of mental stuff that came along with the physical trauma. He just broke it off. And so I was devastated because I thought, you know, this guy could actually be the one, which I never thought there would be one. I went out with a a guy that was an old friend from high school. Mm-hmm. I've only been out two years, but you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went out with another old friend and just trying to kind of, because he was my best friend, mm-hmm. you know, so I was trying to kind of, well, maybe this guy that was my friend could be my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it just never, it never went well. Yeah. And it rough every time. Yeah. Well, no, it, they never really got started because mm-hmm. I was too busy trying to compare yeah, them to yeah. him, you know, like, oh, well, that was lame. Yeah. You know, Kevin would have never done that. Right. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. Or like, oh, you're annoying. Yeah. You know, those things. Right. The comparison game. Yeah. It's, it's toxic. toxic. Just mm-hmm. It is so toxic. I mean, I think that's not talked enough about with couples of comparing right. yourself when you're in a relationship or just recently broken up with mm-hmm. or you got out of the relationship is comparing. I think right now it's a more hot topic to talk about like comparing yourself as in like me, Caitlin, to Lisa. Of like, well, Lisa has a business and she's on school stuff I don't know you're doing all these cool things and exercising and bubbly and wonderful um but I don't think we ever talk about couples comparing each other yeah but I think that happens more often Mm -hmm. than we even realize or even when you're out of the relationship so what did you do when you started realizing that you were constantly comparing I just backed off completely because I was like okay I need to find out who I am first Mm -hmm. And then maybe I can decide what I want. But I can't decide what I want until I know who I am mm-hmm. as an individual. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when you date, sometimes we do have a tendency to put too much identity in an us mm-hmm. or a we in a he and I or, you know, vice versa situation. We want to be, you know, that. So I've decided I just needed to find myself. Yeah. I'm still doing that, though. Mm-hmm. Every day. Are. Yeah, they say, or I love the quote that, what, well, it's just a really truthful quote, that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think, like you said, Caitlin, and as you expanded on Lisa, that comparison culture in relationships isn't talked about. Mm-hmm. Not cold. I wouldn't call it comparison culture. I would just say it underlying comparison in our culture. Um, so what would you say... Just to kind of talk about that comparison in relationships, how do you see that playing a role in young people today in relationships? One thing, I don't know, well, comparison more so like what Caitlin said about maybe if I'm like this girl, mm-hmm. he'll like me more. Okay. You know, I get, I mean, and even, you get that a lot with the younger generation, but I still feel like it even happens with you got, you know, like with the college age or, mm. or graduating college age, you know, compare yourself to a specific type mm. and then maybe he'll like me more kind of deal. And that's just not, you got to be you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or even with our conversation that we talked about with Abby Dingus on another podcast we recorded, we talked about how both Abby and I experienced something very similar of when we were in high school, we felt the pressure that we're not up to date. 
Like, why? All my friends are dating. Why am I not? I have to be dating. I should be kissing people. I should be, you know, doing all these things when in reality that, again, is me comparing myself to those around me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm supposed to be at this certain point. Well, that's not always it. No, it's not. It's really not. Because why would you date in high school? Or, I mean, are you, <laughs> that's you know, what Abby said. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people do grow up and marry their high school sweethearts, and that's really cool. But if you're not that person, that's not for you. I mean, it's, you know, you don't really need to. But let me back it up. A 14 year old guy, we were discussing something. Another mother my age. And then another mother of a girl who is probably late 30s. We were all talking to him, and we were like, so are you going to ask this young lady, who we won't name, but um, to be your girlfriend? He was like, well, why would I do that? And we were like, oh, we thought y'all kind of liked each other. And he was like, no, you know, I'm not at the age to where I want to get married. And so... 14? Yeah, well, he was being... Okay. You know, but he was like, I'm not at the age to be thinking about marriage, so why would I start dating? Because isn't that what you you do is you date to find that person, you know? And so I'm not even interested because I'm not even close enough. Snaps to him. Yes. I was like, Wow. Wow. He said, man, you know more at 14 than I know <laughs> at 22. <laughs> I mean, and, and so, I mean, that has just really set with me. Yeah. And working with, you know, I used to, um, I had a small group of 11th, 12th grade girls for four or five years. And so working with them, I was like, oh, I'm totally using that. And he was like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but it, it just does. It makes so much sense. Yeah. For, yeah. Even expanding on singleness. I think it, this is another hot topic, I feel like right now at the least, um, and a lot of big churches to talk about, is the gift of singleness and how what a joy it can be. But we often put such pressure on ourselves to be in a relationship. But when we're single, just like when you had that break, you took that step back to be able to see who you are, to learn who God made you to be, to discover mm-hmm. the gifts that he's mm-hmm. given you, and then go out into the world and expand on the gifts, to live so abundantly and freely and independently with him so that when that person does come along, you're like, hey, this is me. Like, hi, I'm Caitlin Francois, super outgoing, I'm crazy, and super spontaneous, and I think God has given me a gift with people and talking to them. And I can confidently say that to a guy knowing mm-hmm. that not saying that I have it all figured out I'm 23 years old I'm not even close to figuring it out but just taking that time of singleness and living in that rather than just filling this space thinking that we need to have someone else in our life in order to be okay or in order to figure it out yeah yeah I think this is a topic that I want to dive into but we need to listen to our sponsors so we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back and here's a word from our sponsor rise and grind coffee company are you tired are you drained do you need some caffeination maybe decaffeination just a taste of coffee are you hungry Do you need a smoothie bowl? Well, guess what? Rise and Grind Coffee Company has your back, and they're going to give you the best smoothie bowls with the best coffee with 20% off for students during finals week. That's a win. So come hang out. Come get a good cup of joe and a great snack, all with a student discount when you show your ID. Thanks, Rise and Grind, for sponsoring this podcast. Let's get back to it. 
welcome back. We are here still with Lisa Douglas. Man, we have just unpacked a lot. We are just full right now. Um, before we took a break, Lisa talked about a very, very wise 14-year-old. And we wanted to expand with you, Lisa, on the pressure that we feel like comes with dating. What do you think about the pressure that is put on 14-year-olds? Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, why, why would you put pressure... And why is there so much pressure, especially your age? You know, the 14-year-old, that was a very wise point. But, I mean, he can't really date. Right. But, you know, why is there so much pressure? Oh, my goodness, I'm 22, 23. I'm fixing to graduate from Harding, and I, ha I, I didn't meet a guy at Harding, and I'm not married. You know, why is that a thing? Why is it not, hey, I'm Caitlin, um... I'm bubbly and bouncy, and I'm fixing to bounce out of Cersei Town, <laughs> USA, and do my own thing. You know, yeah. right? That should be right. It's like the that. first question I'm asked is, "You're graduating. Where's the boy? Where's the boy?" I'm like, oh, I, don't know. "I don't know. He's somewhere in the world. Can't wait to meet him." But right he's now, wherever God plans him to be right. at that time, you know, that's that's a big part too. That's where the pressure should come in. The pressure should come in for parents to pray for each other's kids and, you know, for their kids and and for their children to find the spouse that God has planned and aligned. That's that's where the point of emphasis should be, yeah. is God's will. Do you feel like Cersei Town USA and Harding University USA <laughs> puts a little more pressure. How do you feel like the pressure is put being here in this small town, Arkansas? Well, I will, I don't, I mean, growing up here, you know, that was the big thing. I'm sorry, but it's true that we always joked that girls went to Harding to get a husband. They didn't come for an education. That MRS degree. Yes. Three yes. strings in a ring, a ring by spring. I yeah. Mean. That that was a big thing back in the 90s. I mean, I don't know if it still is now. Oh, yeah. Oh. But it's like we always would joke that girls just came to, you know, to Harding. So I guess it hasn't changed too much. <laughs> it's very underlying. It's more of an expectation. Yeah. I don't think it's it's not talked about. It's not like, well, I came here to find my husband. It is kind of a joke because you say there are great guys here and there are great guys here. There are great guys everywhere. But it's the expectation that everyone comes into Harding saying, I'm going to be married by the time I leave. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just what happens. It, well, not for everybody yeah. until we're sitting here about to graduate in May, not married. So we're two, an example of two people right. that that didn't happen for. Right. And it's not a bad thing. But freshman no. year, Caitlin was freaking out when she went home at Thanksgiving. And my parents were like, so tell us about the boys. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I've been on no dates. And they're like, well, what are you doing wrong? I'm like, first of all, why am I doing something wrong? <laughs> Second of all, why is that what we're already freaking out about? Right. And there really is. I, I agree with you, Sadie, of how at Harding, currently at least, I don't think it's openly talked about. Like, I came to Harding with high expectations to leave here, graduated, married. I did. I'll openly say that. Yeah, I would I say the I, same thing. I totally thought I was going to be married, or at least engaged by now. Oh, I thought, at least. like, sophomore year, Caitlin, I was like, okay, so maybe I won't. It's sophomore year, and I'm not dating, so maybe I, I'm not going to be married by the end of Harding, yeah. but surely, surely I'll be engaged. At least. Yeah. I and, think that my parents are, I'm a legacy kid. For Harding. So my parents came, they met, 
They dated for seven months. They got engaged. They were married in nine. The whole shebang. They, it happened. And so the fairy tale that that painted mm. for me, that I kind of thought I would fall into, I came in as an 18-year-old. I knew. I knew it was going to happen for me. And so it's the, it's the expectation that I put on myself. And the pressure that you put upon yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And the pressure that I put upon myself. That now, I mean, even as an 18-year-old, I would sit and look at seniors that were graduating mm-hmm. single, and I would feel sorry for them. Yeah, that I is, do. is that not funny? I mean, well, as a 50-year-old, I can't imagine you guys being married at no. 22 and 23. And right, right, right. Some people can do it, some and people some people can. can. Right. It's been a fun ride, but... I mean, and we still have fun, but I would a little bit longer. <laughs> I would have waited. Maybe wait. So, how old were you when you got married? Twenty-five. Okay, you say young. To me, that's young. To now, you, when I right look now, at, I'm like because my daughter is twenty-five, and I'm like, right. oh, you don't have any business being married. <laughs> no, right. it's her world. We're living in it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm like no, and she'll tell you. You know, she's not, and and oh, people are like. You know, I'm grandmother age. I'm like, I have friends that have grandkids, like, going to school, mm-hmm. you know. I'm old. And mm-hmm. people are like, oh, do you have grandkids yet? I'm like, oh, choose your words. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Have you met my mini-me? Choose your words. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. and, she, and she doesn't put, you know, pressure on herself or anything. I would say that's a big thing, too, of you both kind of said it, of how putting pressure on ourselves. I think often as Harding students, we try to say, well, Harding put this pressure on us. Harding did this. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm sitting here reflecting. I don't know a time in chapel or an administrator or a professor or someone looked specifically at me and said, like, you need to be dating. Why are you not in a relationship right now? I think in maybe some Bible classes, it was definitely insinuated about marriage and just yeah. like la 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 the fairy tale but no one harding administrators are not looking at us and telling us like you need to be married right yeah. but it is definitely a pressure that is still there i think from generations of that mm-hmm. being a thing within the often christian culture of being married young um yeah. but i did just want to touch on that just because i like that you both said put the pressure on ourselves oh yeah we definitely do and we're our, we're our biggest critic right yeah whenever we look at ourselves and we say we're not married we're not dating I mean there's so many things that I'm not worthy I'm not whatever we kind of touched on the mistake aspect of it so if you make mistakes you feel like you're carrying baggage that kind of thing but it's there's a lot of value in growing up before you have to grow up more in marriage I think even being in Cersei the culture is changing of dating. Well, less people are getting married young. There's still a great number of people here, right across the street, getting <laughs> married young. And that's right, you said that's great. But I do think that people are starting to realize I've learned this much about myself in a year. How much more can I learn about myself in another year? Right. And in another year, and in another year. And then how much more can I offer to that spouse whenever I'm another year right. removed? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like becoming more whole. And our identity in God only mm-hmm. sets a marriage up for success. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think uh, being selfless also is that mm-hmm. when we're young, we're very selfish. I'm and the it's, queen of that. What yes. I, I, everyone is. I'm the yeah. queen of it. And there's a lot of people 
in relationships young that are in relationship looking opposite directions and they need to turn back towards the towards the other person and say i'm here for you you're here for me i'm here to serve you you're here to serve me mm-hmm. and then it, and then it'll all be taken care of but there's a lot of people selfishly in relationships right. who are then rushing it trying right. to desperately find someone but when in reality think about it why why do we settle? Which is, that's, everyone I know thinks about, like, ah, don't settle. But think about it as Christians. Why would we settle for anything less than God's best? And if we're forcing it, then it's not God's best. Mm-hmm. So why are we doing that to ourselves? We're willingly picking a more difficult path than trusting him, him and living in his freedom and you abundance. You have no idea how true your words are. Because I, I mean... Now I see it, but it had to come around full circle before I realized that what the plan was for God with Kevin and I. I mean, that's part of our testimony anyway, but I mean, we have a huge testimony, but it when you don't pray it out and align your will and walk and try and, you know, listen for God's way, things go wrong. And then things still sometimes do go wrong, but that's when you fall back on each other and fall back, you know, and go run to God, you right. know, yeah. at that point. But yeah, um, when it is time to date or when you feel like, okay, I am a year wiser or, you know, five years wiser mm-hmm. or, you know, oh, look at me. I have a career now. I'm established. I, I you know. I buy my own things and I do my own nails and my own, you know, and you're ready. All this time building up to that, you need to be praying for God to put in your path when God is ready for you to meet someone. Yeah. You know, that that's that is so important. When God is ready. I love that. Yeah. I think we yeah. we try to rush the plan and we try to we we say okay god i think this is your plan for me now i'm going to make it happen it's here's this plan for you and he's going to rush out and do it and he's going to rush out and do it himself and then he's going to fail and fail and fail again but until it was the lord revealing that in the lord's timing it's not in our timing right lisa tell us before we have to go this time has been so good and it's been so full of great information and advice and wisdom from you but tell us and our listeners. What is a word of advice that you have for girls sitting in our seat? The girls sitting in the seat of, I'm in a new relationship, but I'm stepping into this new phase of life. So where's that pressure come from? And also in Caitlin's seat of, I'm sitting on the edge of the rest of my life. I'm searching for a career. I don't have a man. Single as a Pringle. Single as a Pringle. I'm not mad about it. (laughs) So what's a word of advice that you would give to us? It sounds so cliche. Because of where we are. I mean, we're in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you do. You have to pray it out. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask for God's will be done. I mean, that is the the biggest piece of advice. And then I would say you need to find yourself. Because just like with an example with you, you're you're easy. You're you have no strings attached. You know, Mm -hmm. something comes up, you're out, you're gone. Yeah. You know, but here you are. Is he from here? Is he going home this summer? Is he coming back here? Where is he going next? Do you attach your identity to those answers? Or do you find out who you are? You know, but I'm telling you, don't make the same mistakes that I've made through life because 
I didn't get to where I'm at just by kicks and giggles, and it was a great ride. I mean, I've earned every wrinkle and gray hair I have. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> because I'm seasoned because I've walked through the fire. Yeah. And if I would have known at your age that I wasn't in the fire alone mm. and how to lean back and let God control and me not be in control sometimes, things would have been a lot better. Mm. Not that they're not great. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you, you, you just look back and go, oh, God didn't want that. And I didn't do it anyway. <laughs> you know, right. so that, that would be my biggest. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. It is so true. Ask God. Mm. That's just, I mean, don't do it without him. Mm. I love that. Make sure that he is in the middle of it. What a way to end our time together. That's Lisa, so thank good. you so you much. Anytime. Thanks for the laughs and the wisdom and just letting Holy Spirit talk and also just being vulnerable with us and just telling us. Yeah. We love conversations. We love conversations about dating and culture. And we love Lisa. But love thank Lisa. you. Thank you again, Lisa, for being with us today. Anytime. Lisa is my girl. Yeah, let's say that again. Lisa is my girl. She's my girl. I mean, come <laughs> on. Lisa Douglas showed up today for this conversation about dating and culture. She just gives me so much encouragement. And she encourages me to live passionately. She encourages me to live fully. She encourages me to pray for the things mm-hmm. that I want. She is full of energy and full of life, and it is so contagious. I also appreciate her transparency. Mm. I love that in our conversation, she's like, I met my husband at a party, and I'm not going to fake that. No. I'm like, love it. Let's not fake it, because that's reality. Right. That, to me, is encouraging. And even with the whole, not saying that I'm going to meet someone on a dating app, but I always had this thing. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I meet my husband or boyfriend or whatever on a dating app? All right, then I'm going to tell people we met on a dating app. Right. And that's, that's right. life. Yeah, and our society wants us to to change the picture of it being mm-hmm. this perfect little painted, oh, we met in college and we dated for four years, or he's my high school sweetheart, or I ran into him at church and our <laughs> friend set us up. I mean, come on. That yeah. that just isn't reality. Okay. So let's soak. Let's, you, ready to, you ready to soak about this? Let's get soaking. Let's get soaking. I mean, I think first and foremost, we can just talk about how she commented on the comparison that gets carried into relationships and that gets carried into both male and female in their minds because we can compare ourselves to other girls. I can compare myself to another relationship. I can compare my family to another family. And one thing that she said was, you got to do you. And man, you just got to do you. Yeah. And I think it's so important to really think about who did God create me to be? Mm. You know, who, who am I? And I think we can, that can easily shift into selfishness, but also we can so easily try to find our identity in other people. Mm. And then we're living a life of comparison and that is no life to live. I want to live in the fullness of God, who he made me to be independent, wonderful, and silly and vibrant and just discovering my gifts in him. Um, I want to be who he made me to be. Yeah. I want to be me. Absolutely. You got to be you and I got to be me. And one of my favorite quotes that I I mentioned in the podcast is that comparison is the thief of joy. And I want that plastered on everybody's mirror. 
Because when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're going to judge yourself. You're going to judge what you look like. You're going to think, my personality isn't this. My personality isn't that. And comparison is the thief of joy. The joy that the Lord wants to have in our heart. That the Lord wants to give to us in our heart. And there are so many things around us to be joyful for. Mm. Whether that's singleness. Whether that's dating. Whether that's a job halfway across the world. Or that's staying exactly where you're supposed to be. There's so many things that that the Lord wants to fill us with that joy. Like you said, the fullness of joy. I want to live in that fullness of joy instead of our comparison culture of another thing that she mentioned was social media Yeah, and that she's super thankful to have not had social media when she was dating. I mean, Caitlin, what do you think about the impact that that's playing on us and our generation right now? Oh, I think it's hugely impacting us. And I know there's some discussion going on, but I also don't think that our conversations with each other as in friends have even scratched the surface of how much comparison is going on and how we're choosing not to battle it. Mm. I think it really does all come down to a choice, but we're not battling it right now. Right now we're just naming it. And the next step that we need to take, we need to speak out against this and we need to stop. So if I ever hear you compare, compare, I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, Sadie, you're better than that. You like live in the fullness of God. Remember who you are and what we should be grateful for. But just as I expect you to do the same for me, you know? But yeah. also, specifically with social media, um, I think we so easily get sucked into just this vortex. I mean, we've all been there of just sitting and scrolling, wishing we had those clothes, wishing for the next adventure. That's what gets me. And when I used to have TikTok, I had to delete that sweet, sweet little app. That sweet, sweet little guy. Sweet little guy. But I... Some people were on, there's different sides of TikTok. I know you never had it, but there's like mm-hmm. different sides. There's like the comedy, the cooking, the dancing, the travel, nature, whatever side you're on. And I know a lot of people were on the dancing side, which has like people dancing provocatively or just in general wearing provocative clothes. And we can compare ourselves to that. For me personally, I wasn't on dancing side TikTok, but I was on the travel side. Mm. And Sadie knows me, but for my listeners, I am so passionate about traveling. That is one of the biggest desires I have in my entire life is just to learn about other cultures and who God created everyone to be so uniquely and beautifully. And so I found myself so jealous and constantly yearning for that and comparing my life to all these travel adventures and just how I wasn't doing that. Instead, I'm in Searcy, Arkansas, sitting <laughs> in a classroom Getting an education, which, first of all, is a huge blessing. Huge blessing. An education. But secondly, I caught myself with something that was so sneaky. The sneaky things. That's, Sadie, that's the question I have for you. What is the sneaky thing that you compare yourself to? The sneaky thing that I compare myself to? Oh, man. I might would say the relational aspect of the perfectness that the outside presents mm. Because my, me, Sadie, Mm -hmm. I can look at myself and say, I'm not perfect. And my relationships with my friends or my family or my boyfriend is not perfect. And so the sneaky aspect of it is I see this on media and that's what I want. That's what Mm -hmm. I desire. But Mm -hmm. I only desire an outward appearance. Right. I'm not desiring anything of what their inside looks like. And so... No, I don't. I mean, I would love to travel, you know, and I think that's the uniqueness of this podcast with me and Caitlin having this conversation is that we desire different things. Mm-hmm. And I desire a family and I desire the pretty outward expression mm-hmm. 
but what's the inward emotion? Mm. And so I think that's what I get caught up in is I'm like, they have the perfect family. They have the perfect kids. Look how cute they are. Look at that. That is so aesthetically pleasing. Mm. And that's what I get sucked into. And I think that I have had to constantly remind myself, I don't want to believe that everything that's put out there on media is painted. I really don't because I want to see genuineness in that outward picture. But I do have to remind myself that everyone has struggles on the inside of their own. And my relationships, my life, my journey is just as beautiful as theirs, even if I can't paint as pretty of a picture. And it reminds me that I don't need to get caught up in painting the picture, but instead just living the life and letting people see that through my actions. Right. I agree. That That is wonderfully said. And it's like what you said, we need to ground ourselves, mm-hmm. ground ourselves in the Lord and the reality of life and what we should be grateful for and what is true and what we know is true and what God tells us. Uh, and I think in the podcast or in our discussion with Lisa, she mentioned a 14 year old boy mm. that was saying how they asked him about dating. Right. And he's like, well, I'm not really ready. And right. so why would I do it when everyone around him was dating? He's 14. 14. 14 years old. And they said, are you going to ask her to be your girlfriend? He's like, well, I'm not ready to get married, so why would I do that? Wow. Jaw to the Jaw floor. Jaw drops. Because I'm I'm thinking, that's convicting of, am I ready to get married? Are you ready to get married? Right? It's taking that moment to actually just think and ask for God's wisdom and discernment. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? And to an extent, I don't think we'll ever, quote unquote, be ready. I agree with that. But also, I think how important it is to reflect on our life circumstances where we're at emotionally, physically, financially, and just stop comparing ourselves to what is happening around us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're at a university where it's normal to be married by 21. Right. Well, guess what? And we're about 22 and 23. <laughs> and guess <laughs> what? Define the odds. Guess what, guys? Sneak attack. Surprise. I'm single. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And that's okay. And it's okay. And I think that... Another thing is, like you said, no one, you're never really ready for that next step. Caitlin and I are five days out from graduation. Are we ready for that next step to graduate? No. To go into the real world? Not really. But it's it's the aspect of I have to trust that the Lord's Mm -hmm. got me in his hands. Chapters close for a reason. Book, the chapter of the book ends for a reason. I have to be confident that the words that are going to be written in that next chapter are going to be just as beautiful as they were in the last one. And so I think one other thing about this 14-year-old saying, I mean, I'm 14. I'm not about to get married. It's that next step. We have to be ready and have the responsibility to say, I'm in a relationship, and I know that this relationship can lead to marriage. Right. Am I going to waste mine and your time if I'm not ready? Right. No, that's not. That's so selfish. Right. But our dating culture is very selfish. Right. It and is. that's one thing that... I, in the last four years of college, I have seen my perspective shift from being 18. Of course, I mean, I'd be lying to y'all if I said that I came in when I was at, whenever I was 18 and didn't think I would be married. I knew for certain I would be married oh, yeah. at 22, the time that I graduated. And that is so funny. The Lord has a much better plan for me than I can ever have for myself. And I've been able to grow and learn prepare my mind and my heart for a relationship with the Lord so that I can become one. Right. 
um, before he's ready to put me right. into that marriage relationship. Right. It's laying down our lives, getting rid of that selfishness mm-hmm. and living the fullness in God. Yep. And that finding our identity in him rather than the other person. Because if we're trying to find it in the other person, we're just going to take and take mm-hmm. and take. Yeah. And that is so destructive and toxic. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm grateful for these soap times. Because yep. we get to take a moment really dig into our thoughts and our feelings and what someone said and really deconstruct and then build up from there on God's truth. Right. Just building up. I mean, building up in, in your going forward. Right. And exactly. God's truth going forward for right. you. And I think one thing, one other thing I wanted to mention was that as long as you're not full, you will take from everyone around you. There are energy takers and there are energy givers. Mm. And, what what which one are you? Right. Are you an energy energy taker? Or are you someone that's gonna fill someone else's cup? And so that's even another thing of being in a, in the relationship that I am now. It's realizing that we are filling each other with different things, but it's I'm not. It's not one sided or another. Mm. And even this friendship that I have with Caitlin, we fill each other with different things, but I'm not taking things from you and you're not taking things from me. It's the maturity. It's being whole with God. It's being one with God. It's being one with Holy Spirit and trusting Holy Spirit of walk me through today. Walk Mm. me through this comparison. Walk me through Mm. this culture and our society that's so trying to tear me down and you fill me up so that I can feel what you have filled me with. To the person standing right in front of me, whether that's my boyfriend, whether that's my best friend, whether that's my mom. There's so many things that we need to fill each other's cup that our society is draining us from. I love that. I really love that. And even our society is telling us that we're going to find it in the world. Mm-hmm. We're going to find it in a job and we're going to find it in going out and we're going to find it in having the cutest clothes. But the reality is if we're ever trying to find our identity in the world or wholeness we're going to be let down every time every time and we're going to be left in pain and we're going to be left taking from people again right lisa talked about praying so we need to pray guys pray for your spouse pray for yourself pray for your friends pray for your family and that is a perfect perfect statement and analogy for how desperately we need the lord how desperately we need his will into our lives and how much we need to just pray for each other because our world is so broken. Mm-hmm. And as long as we are striving to live after the world, Mm-mm. not going to fill us. Bad, bad, bad. Bad, bad, bad. bad. That is scary. That's scary. Well, Caitlin, I could soak forever about Lisa's words. And never, but it's gratitude time. Gratitude time. Yay. Caitlin, tell me three things you're thankful for. Un, deux, trois. I am grateful for a piano because the sound it makes is really pretty. I'm also really grateful for cellos because string instruments strangely calm me. And I am grateful for tennis shoes because they keep my feet safe. All right. I actually really love tennis shoes too. I hate, I, I don't hate, but I don't love open toed shoes. I, I love a closed toe shoe. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Um, today, I am grateful for FaceTime. I am grateful that I can be here and anyone can be anywhere and I can have a great conversation. So I'm grateful for FaceTime. Another thing I'm thankful for is smoothie bowls. Shout out to Rising Grind Soda Jerk. I had one this morning. Thank you, Lisa, for serving me. (laughs) And that was so good. So smoothie bowls. And the last thing I'm thankful for is dancing. Mm -hmm. I love to dance. I love music. I love to vibe. It just gets me going, and I think that I am going to dance 
away today because of how good and inspiring this conversation has been. Yeah, let's dance away. Guys, I want to thank you for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. YouTube, subscribe to us, like our page. Share our podcast because we want to hear you. We want to hear your thoughts and your opinions. Um, If you have any suggestions, throw it out there. Throw Maybe it out there. Let's chat about it. We want to know. We want to know. Let's, let's break down some walls. So thank you for listening, yeah. and we are grateful for you. We are grateful for you. Let's have more conversations. Bye. Bye.